Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Political Impact. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Today, we have a student leader here at Wilfrid Laurier joining us on the podcast. Everyone, give a warm welcome to Mohammed. Hi, Mohammed. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on The Political Impact this week. Let's start by saying who you are and how you became a student at Laurier. Sure. Um, so my name is Mohammed Abushed. I'm currently a fourth year forensic psychology student out in Brantford. I joined Laurier in September of 2019, you know, before COVID. Uh, crazy times, huh? And um, uh, I, I took an, uh, an extra semester in high school and then I uh, so I kind of did like a mini half uh, fifth year there. And then I got to go travel the Middle East to go see my um, family back home. And then I uh, came here as a first year um, in Brantford and uh, been here ever since. Awesome. And what are you studying? So I, I'm studying uh, forensic psychology. I'm minoring in criminology uh, and law and society. Oh, cool. Is there is law something you want to go into or? <laughs> well, I kind of get that. Uh, I get I get asked that question quite frequently if I want to be a lawyer. I'm not particularly interested. I'm a very like uh, policy oriented person. Right. So I like to find creative solutions to complex problems, or at least uh, I try to. Awesome. Through policy and resolution. So how does yeah. that transfer to the WLU governing board? So what exactly I, does that entail? So I haven't joined the board of governors just yet the term starts july 1st so canada day um and there i can expect it to be very similar to the way that the board of directors is in the su and the senate to some degree when it comes to debating important issues so um you know at least uh, on uh the uh the student union board of directors uh sometimes we get some uh, important pro uh, problems that are brought to our attention, and it's uh, up to us to uh, come to creative solutions for that. Um, you know, just a quick example of that. Uh, it's now public, so I can I, I can speak to uh, to you about it. Um, you know, uh, the halal chicken problem that we had at Wilfs. Um, this was dealt uh, confidentially in an in camera session uh, of the board of directors, and I tried my best to kind of make sure that we do what's right and not what's most convenient or most protective of the corporation, which was to kind of take responsibility for the actions that uh, that we did. And uh, I've constantly argued that like, we need to bring back uh, uh, halal products to Wilfs and then to any future operations that we decide to uh, go into. Yeah, that's an inclusivity problem. That's awesome that you guys worked that out. Yeah, uh, I think it was uh, like, uh, you know, hats off to our operations team and reaching out to the MSAs and uh, working in cooperation with them and uh, meeting with them. Because if it wasn't for their decisive and correct actions, I think we'd be in a bigger problem. We'd have a bigger problem on our plate right now. Right. Okay, awesome. So what made you initially interested in student politics? Is there one moment that sparked your interest? Or is it just always been part of your personality and the way that you the way that you run? What do you think? Well, you see, I when I first joined uh, Laurier, uh, especially in Brantford, uh, you know, I 
the experience that was sold to me during uh you know orientation week was not the reality that was living at downtown Brantford uh in first year I had uh been I guess a victim and then also a witness to multiple violent crimes um which wasn't something that you know was disclaimed in a week or uh in a in a brochure uh so right. I felt quite jaded so I ended up joining foot patrol to try okay. to do my best to help students and I realized that that wasn't enough so what I had done, uh, me and another Law and Society student uh, had kind of come together to come up with a creative solution uh, to this problem. This was, you know, when it just started, uh, that creative uh, solution piece. Um, uh, you may know her as Ekaterine Ikater- uh, Dimakis. She uh, was a MP, uh, she was a candidate for MPP uh, Center center and in, in Hamilton, if I could recall correctly, for the Liberal Party. Uh, and we worked together to um, draft like a uh, uh, like a policy uh, paper to create like a safety, like a student safety committee council. So it would be essentially theoretically bringing forward students from both ends of the downtown um, who live in residence, but also students who don't live, who live off residence, um, mm-hmm. would be bringing that would be that committee would bring that expertise that we have in in Brantford. Uh, you, you know, your forensic psychologists, your criminologists, your psychology professors, uh, and then uh, hopefully uh, members from City Hall. Uh, you know, whether it be like the beat unit, which is the downtown police unit. Um, all to kind of sit on a table and review anonymous complaints that students are uh, uh, have uh, when it comes to safety issues in the downtown. And, you know, we sat down. It took us about a month to create. This was about end of November 2019. And uh, we pitched it to the dean, Adam Lawrence, at the time. And um, then we also pitched it to uh to our VP of GSR, Government Stakeholder Relations at the time. And COVID hit, and right. we all went off campus, and it just—it's like as if it never existed, which is kind of <laughs> unfortunate. Uh, but it was kind of like my first experience, and you know, uh, that—that's—that that was that moment that I decided I, w- I want to do something better, um, kind of find solution, not just like treat it as a band aid. Right. And I think that you know, with a with a committee like that, you would you would bring forward uh, you know complaints, location based complaints to kind of find either uh, societal solutions like social solutions, but also like physical solutions. So mm-hmm. in criminology, there's a um, there's an approach called septet. Uh, so you're uh, uh, you're trying to deter crime through um, the physical environment in which it occurs. So okay. things as simple as lighting and variety of different crosswalks can really improve the perception of safety. So. Those are some of the things that, you know, that was the, that moment that or, I kind of got into it. Right, of course. Yeah. So obviously being personally victim to, uh, and I'm so sorry that happened to yeah. you at first. Um, that's awful. But I love that you took that initiative and you took that stance to make a change and make preventative actions through mm-hmm. institution. That's so important. Good for you. Yeah. Um, we, you know, like during COVID, uh, you know, being off campus, going back to living at my parents' house, you know, uh, I felt very disconnected. And it wasn't until third year, so last year for me, um, that I had, uh, you know, uh, other peers that knew me, kind of knew the way that I think, the way that I like to solve problems. And they pitched to me like, 
why don't you run for the board of directors? Why don't you run for the Senate? Um, these are seats that are probably not going to be uh, competitive. And we think that you'd be uh, a good leader. Um, and once I started on uh, the board of directors, you really, really trying to advocate for the Brantford campus uh, at that high level, because typically it has been almost dismissed or ignored uh, uh, from the SU from a like a advocacy perspective. I think things are slowly starting to improve. Um, right. And that's my goal. Good. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's such a great goal. Um, how will your position on the board of directors help you attain that goal? Are there other positions <laughs> that you are going to also attain? Yeah. And how how are those positions of student leadership going to help you obtain those goals? Well, so next year, uh, thankful, uh, I was elected to be on the Board of Governors. So uh, the, the governance of the uh, institution, the university institution, is split in two. So you have the Senate, which deals with academic and teaching and learning, uh, all that sort of like university part of its operations. Um, where it holds the president and the executive leadership team accountable. And then you have the Board of Governors, which is, you know, your risk management. That's the almost corporate side of governing the institution. That's where the budget is developed. That's where all the money gets allocated. Um, so thankfully, uh, I've been uh, elected to be on the Board of Governors. And there, you know, I... In my campaign, I had two big priorities. The number one big priority is student access services, which is, as you know, very difficult. Uh, getting access to academic advising, getting access to service laurier um, can Equal be very access. difficult. Equal right. access is extremely difficult. You know, you have these blackout periods where you cannot meet with academic advisors face-to-face -face when you need the most. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's fair. Students pay tuition, we make up a large majority of the institutional income, we should be represented and given and uh, given our due process uh, to advocate for our, uh, for these services that we pay for. Um, right. So, uh, you know, there I'll try to I'll speak as an undergraduate student representative, but also uh, being uh, next year's uh, chair of the board. Uh, where I can only speak on matters on which the board has uh, voted on mm -hmm. and uh, agreed to a, an outcome there. Hopefully I can kind of speak from like that dual leadership perspective, where if a board passes a, mo uh, passes a motion uh, of like say sentiment, so uh, the board agrees to X um, and this is an institutional matter, I could say, well, the student leadership has said that they agree to X this is the perspective of the student leadership. And I think that this should be taken into account when making these very massive and big decisions that impact students. Right, oh my gosh, absolutely. Mohammed, what are gonna be some of your goals in the um, coming term for being on the board of directors and the board of governors? So on the board of directors, uh, since I'll be chair, which is also the chief governance officer, uh, my role is to facilitate the debate when it comes to um, the, the pressing issues that come to the bo uh, board of directors. We meet once a month uh, during the summer terms and then uh, twice a month during the fall and the winter term. Um, so from facilitating the elections to, uh, you know, helping uh, oversee the budget process to 
um, you know, creating the agenda packages and doing the uh, the inspection uh, committee reports to the director ins uh, inspection committee reports, and then also signing off on making sure that we are compliant with our policies. Um, I think that my biggest priority as the chair is going to be to hold the new direct uh, elected directors accountable to their platforms, which include transparency and accountability. Uh, a systemic issue that we've had on the, the board of directors is lack of attendance. And one of the things that is going to be my top priority going, uh, going into next year is to make sure that the directors are following their mandate that they've been elected on. We had a very competitive election uh, last time around and to make sure that they attend the meetings that they have subscribed to. As right. uh, the chief governance officer, we have policies that hold directors accountable for missing the mandatory meetings because it is not only a moral a uh, a moral responsibility but it's also a legal responsibility as officers of the corporation so those are going to be my big priority going into next year on the board of governors since i'll only be there for a year um i kind of have two things that i have in mind uh the first is to obviously uh, i'm going to try to be on as many committees as i can um, I'm hoping to be appointed to the executive committee, the HR committee, and the finance committee, where I can kind of really speak on the student experience and why it is important to allocate the resources that we need in order to, for students to have a fantastic experience at Laurier. Uh, so that that's kind of that first part where, you know, there's only five general meetings a year, uh, try to maximize uh, the opportunities to speak with other board governors and to make sure that student issues are being, uh, the student perspective is taken well into account when it comes to institutional decisions. Mm -hmm. And then the second part, and the part that I personally think is more important is um, almost like training, uh, I don't wanna say training, but like mentoring a future governor who can sit for two years or a, a term or two terms, it doesn't really matter, but kind of, uh, and, and this is actually applicable on both in both institutions is I personally find it to be a personal responsibility to make sure that I'm training the next generation of student leaders to uh, be, you know, competent and adept at these roles so that good governance can continue. And nice. especially at Laurier, since it's such a large institution with an extreme with a extremely large comparatively to uh, the student union larger budget, I think it's going to be really important that I kind of mentor future uh, leaders so that they are what they can hit the ground running, whereas I kind of had to learn and develop my own tract. Uh, right. So, you know, that's going to be my second big priority is making sure that I there are future people who can kind of slide into the role, be well prepared and continue to improve the situations for students. Yeah, passing off that generational knowledge there. Absolutely. I mean, that corporate knowledge is key to making sure that our institutions are well functioning. I, I'm like eating up everything you're saying. I think that you're very articulate um, and you seem to have a lot of confidence and that's definitely important aspects of being a student leader. So how would you um, how would you describe being politically active and being involved in student leadership? What does that mean to you? Well, I'd like to say that I'm not I wouldn't say I'm politically active because, uh, you know, I, I work for the public service, uh, the Canadian public service, um, and I love it there. And I love the ethos of the Canadian public service of uh, duty above all 
to its citizens. I'm not tied to any political party. I'm politically impartial. That is part of my role. And the only thing that I want to focus on is policy, focusing on improving uh, public policy within our lo very micro local, uh, you know, area um, and hopefully work on public policy at a national level. That's kind of where I, wa I want to go. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm solutions focused, not politically affiliated in any way. I, I, I'm right. quite proud of the fact that I'm not um, because, you know, idea, good ideas can come from anywhere and you shouldn't be just tied to a, an ideology or a dogma and ignore a good solution. Absolutely. And I think that, I mean, I've been doing this podcast a while and the definition, the very definition of being politically active is so broad and it can <laughs> range from being impartial and it can range from being super um, traditionally politically active and being part of a party and wanting to be an MPP or even prime minister, oh, so have you, and being those traditionally politically active roles. But even you being in student leadership and being an active member of society, that is, I feel, part of your duty as a citizen, and that's super important. And you mentioned being on the micro level, so being on a student by student, like being in the student community to be active in policymaking. Why do you think it's important for students to be um, involved and have a voice in student affairs? Absolutely. This is, you know, one of those things that I feel like will keep on for uh, that will affect the rest of your life. Right. So as a student, um, the SU is your student association. Uh, we pay uh, a a good portion of our tuition, uh, like in terms of our ancillary fees to the SU, uh, almost like a tax uh, that you, that a government levies on its citizens. And if since you're going to be paying this money, you should inquire as to where it's being used and how, um, because that's where you can get uh, good opportunities to, ex uh, to use, you know, that uh, that how do you call it that scale that an institution brings um the the efficiencies that a large institution can bring than a very small organization and uh, if you are politically active uh, as a student it will you know i don't know how to how to answer the question completely because i feel like the institution that in which we we participate in uh can do a lot of good but if left unchecked, can lead to less than ideal outcomes. And uh, as somebody who, uh, you know, personally struggles with affordability, I don't want to be paying extra fees unless I'm getting value for it. And that's, I think, what it really comes down to. Um, because you have to pay these fees, you really should be engaged so that you get the best value for money for the money that you pay. Mm -hmm. And I would further that and say uh, the best value for experience as well, right? It's it's Absolutely. almost old now that we're in this post-COVID um, institution again, and you're able to go in person and you're able to use those amenities that were once, you know, I, I, I would speak for me, but I, I'm sure you resonate. Mm -hmm. That majority of my degree has been online and Same. a lot of the services that Laurie provides in the student community that they had um, was not part of my majority of my experience. And that has been really difficult. But why do you think do you think that students have been more engaged post COVID or there's like an apathetic gap? How would well, you combat that apathetic gap and how would you encourage students to get involved? 
the numbers speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. And this year, I believe that the total voter turnout was over 15%. Whereas last year, the, the, the voter turnout was about 14%. So 1% increase is not that much, but it speaks to the higher volunteer improvement. And this, that's something that we've been kind of monitoring and seeing at the board, that we're seeing more engaged uh, volunteers, uh, fuller, more full committees, um, and we're seeing greater volunteer turnout to events which is exactly what we want. We want students to be engaged so that they can deliver these really important um, services to others, but also it's something that that comes across for personal development, but also career development, right? Um, a lot of these volunteer roles, uh, as a previous volunteer myself, really helped me understand not only what I want in the world, but it also kind of, gave me a different perspective on a lot of different issues that if I wasn't a foot patrol volunteer, I wouldn't have understood. So um, there's a lot to unpack. It's these, uh, I, I believe that students should be more engaged so that they can they can tell me what they want to see, right? I, I only have so much exposure to the people that I take classes with, to, to the people that I see in, in, in the halls. Um, I'd love to, hear more from students as to what they'd like to see Laurier do, uh, you know, understanding that there are fiscal constraints that the institution is also going under, so. Right. Um, what are some of those uh, services or maybe some of those anonymous uh, tips that you've gotten recently that you're working to improve or that you're working to maintain now? So after the, uh, after we had that, you know, uh, Hall chicken situation. I've had a few students, uh, mu- Muslim students, come and speak to me. They knew, uh, you know, my name is Mohammed, uh, Muslim, uh, and they came and speak to me. They're like, Mo, like, what is this? How can you let this happen? You're like, th- they see me as like, you know, I'm part of that executive leadership team and that I hold some responsibility. And to, so, to a degree, yes, I do. Um, and you know. I, I spoke to them and I and I uh, just as the our statement provided, I apologize to them. Like this isn't acceptable. But I did my part to hold our operations accountable for the mistakes that were done and to make sure that we will remedy that. And then not only that, but expand our uh, offerings, especially if we're going to be, you know, possibly like oper- uh, uh, opening new uh, uh, new food options maybe in the future uh, that you know, that that stuff that we make sure that there's like halal options available for students because we can't just say, oops, we had a problem and now we're just going to take it off the menu because that may be easier. That's that's not that's not something that operations even considered. And I'm glad they didn't because I would have had to pick a very polite fight with whoever would have gone with that decision. Right. So I'm glad that you, you know, you took personal uh, accountability because you feel like you're, um, uh, you know, a person that represents uh, certain parts of the student community and also representing the community as a whole. Um, I think that that resonates with a lot of students to make you feel like you're, um, they're also a part of the conversation just because you have a certain role, you know, you're going to represent them and you're going to speak for them. Um, So is, is there any way or any examples of volunteer positions on Brantford campus? that you recommend students get involved in absolutely or, yeah so give it give absolutely us absolutely foot patrol foot mm-hmm. patrol Brantford possibly the most fun committee that I uh that I would encourage you know the Brantford students to uh to engage in and not just 
the Bradford Foot Patrol, but I'd also encourage the Waterloo students to uh, volunteer in foot, uh, foot Patrol Waterloo because it's it, it is one of those committee committees where you get to have a really fun and safe environment um, to hang out, do some studies, play some games, but then also do a very important thing, which is to make sure that our students walk home safe uh, to their house, uh, to and uh, from their house to a university building and from a university building back to their house. And um, definitely, Brantford yeah. Foot Patrol has my heart. It is an absolute phenomenal program. And I'm pretty sure it's it's at multiple universities across Canada as well, not just campus to campus. It's very important. Um, and I think it's uh, the fact that it's student run and mm -hmm. you know, student volunteer is also, uh, it makes it less intimidating for students to call them. I know I've called Foot Patrol in my first year in 2019 uh, when I didn't really know my way around and didn't have access to a car. So it's definitely an awesome volunteer experience. I would definitely well, well, the the student union is a volunteer based organization. The overwhelming majority of our membership is volunteers. The only people who are paid or would be our operations folk. Um, so think your AVPs, the people working in admin, uh, the VPs, uh, the directors uh, that work inside. So um, our great dire uh, executive director and COO, uh, Phil Champagne, uh, he, th those would be like your paid employees, but the overwhelming majority of the people that work within the SU, um, from your coordinators to your executives to your GVs are all volunteers. And that's one of the things that I really love about this organization. Um, and it makes it uh, a good place uh, to get involved with. Yeah, because everyone wants to be there. Exactly. Time to be there. That's really important. Absolutely. Is there anyone uh, within your community at the Brantford campus or in Canadian politics or in policymaking in general that has been a role model to you or has inspired you to be active and get involved? And why have they inspired you? Um, kind of putting me on the spot here. but <laughs> It's a big uh, question, but it could be anybody. It could be a know, family member. And if we we're talking about somebody who's a very, um, uh, who's apolitical, but... Okay, so the one of the people who I absolutely look up to is, uh, her name is, uh, she's the deputy minister. Her name is Gina Wilson. Um, and I've heard her speak on multiple policy issues before. Uh, I believe that she's an indigenous public servant and is probably one of the people that I would hope to one day, uh, you know, be like her. She is an amazing person. And I would love to meet her one day, to be honest. Oh, awesome. And do you know exactly like what kind of policy she's talked about that like sparked your interest? Well, she speaks uh, on, on in multiple on multiple times. She's spoken a lot about uh, truth and reconciliation. Oh, awesome. um, and, you know, she's just a genuinely good person. Just just listening to her. I'm extremely impressed. And uh, I, I definitely look up to her. Uh, but if you were to ask me on a very micro level, if there was somebody who inspired me to kind of push for, uh, further would be our current uh, chair of the board. Uh, his name is uh, Francesco Del Gaduce. He is a um, 
Uh, he's a po uh, political science uh, major who's graduating this year. Somebody who I really look forward to, uh, that I really enjoyed working with. He kind of um, took me under his wing and I got to learn a lot from him. Um, and Is that Waterloo Campus? Yes, yes. I'm pretty sure I know him. <laughs> He's pretty cool. I, I, I like talking to him. I like working with him. And mm -hmm. uh, he's the one who kind of inspired me to uh, run for both of the positions in which I've been elected in. And um, if it wasn't for him, probably wouldn't be as interested in uh, student uh, government as I am today. Awesome. Mohammed. Thank you so much. Uh, where can students find you and contact you if they want to ask questions or, you know, hear more about uh, your position? Well, uh you, you know, students can reach out to me in two different ways. Uh, they can reach out to me via email at m-a-b-u-r-s-h-a-i-d at wlu.ca, uh, or they could just follow me on Instagram, wlugovernor. Um, and, you know, I've had a few chats with uh, some students via uh, direct message, and I really enjoyed having these conversations. Um, that's where they can kind of, you know, if they want to talk to me, very open. I'm like an open book. And uh, I really enjoy uh, speaking with uh, with our students. And in fact, it's one of the things that I uh, in really one of the best committees that I enjoyed working on at the board is is our ownership ownership linkage member uh, uh, membership committee, uh, where we plan events uh, as board directors to do outreach activities. Uh, for our students. And uh, we have a few coming up for the end of the semester, and I'm really excited to do that um, and partake in those activities. I feel like if there was anything I would like to tell your viewers is, is, is one thing. It's really easy as, you know, somebody who's Gen Z, who's kind of in tune with what's going on in the news, to be very disheartened at the state of the world. And I personally acknowledge that I may not be able to to influence the large society, you know, if at all. But I am personally content with being in a few positions where I could help, you know, even a handful of people. Mm -hmm. Systemically, I feel like I did my part. And that's what I would hope other students kind of maybe take as uh, part of their ethos or approach to the world is that if you can improve the quality of life of even a handful of people you've done great good and that's what we need more in the world you know probably never be a, a prime minister or a minister and that's completely fine but if i can you know be put in a couple different positions where i could help you know craft policies that can help the average person i feel like i did my part and that's what i hope that students can take away from our conversation today that's awesome. I think that there's a gap in optimism right now. There's a lot of negative media that gets infiltrated. Um, but there's a lot of good out there and we got to remain hope hopeful that, um, you know, we can make a lot of change. Even if it's a small change, it is change. And that's what I always say at the end of our podcast. I say your voice matters because it does matter. Mm -hmm it's easy to become apathetic and become uh, disheartened, like you said. Um, but it takes one to change something and it takes one voice. So thank you so much, Mohammed. Absolutely. I think that realistic optimism is probably the healthiest way to look at the world. Yeah. Um, you know, got to be realistic. It's not good out there, but a couple of positive changes here and there 
may not make the biggest difference in the world, but you've made a difference for a couple people and that's all that matters. That's awesome. And thank you so much, Mohammed. It's been such an enriching conversation with you. And I hope that you get to achieve everything um, when you uh, join the board of directors. Congratulations again on being elected. Thanks so much.